Good morning. You glad to be here? Glad to be here. Wasn't sure that I was going to be last night. I had called Pastor Kenny and said, you better be prepared. Just a couple things going on and then the pain level and different things taking place. It was hard to uh, rest and started running a few fevers. But I'm doing a little better today and I wanted to be able to be here. So I'd ask you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We'll read our opening text and then I'll make my prayer and we'll go into the message. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? In the, bo- the body, than raiment. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now we're going to also read a companion passage in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. It's in verse 13, it says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, Speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul is required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So he that layeth up treasure for himself, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. And he said unto the disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, for what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for neither sow, they re- neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? In which of you, with taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye be then not able to do the thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? 
Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like unto one of these. Then if God so clothed the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth ye have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and these, all these things shall be added unto you. The title of this morning's message is, What About Tomorrow? What About Tomorrow? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just ask now, Lord, you take control of my mind and my mouth, the actions of my hands and feet. Father, give me clarity of thought and give me a fresh unction from on high. I pray that your Holy Spirit, Father, will give me just the right words to say. Father, these people don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. So, Father, we pray that you would work in this message that your Holy Spirit can have his will and his way in each and every person that's here. If there's someone here that doesn't know Christ, is their Lord and personal Savior today. We pray that today could be the day of salvation for them. And Lord, we pray that you would just use this message to speak to the believers, Father, to this church family that we might know, Father, what about tomorrow and how should we live today in this world. Work in our hearts to that end and we'll give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory for all things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was looking last night, because I changed my message. I worked about five, six hours on a different message, and God didn't give me peace about that, so I had to start working on another one. Anybody who preaches understands how that happens. Okay? But I, after that, and I decided to preach on what about tomorrow, I just looked up a few quotes from different people, and honestly, I don't know the names of these people, but they must be important to the world, because when you look them up on Google, there they are. Okay? So it must be, if you're not on Google, you're not important to this world. Woman's name was Robin Holb. She said, stop longing. Your poison, you poison today's ease, reaching always for tomorrow. A war sand shire. Believe it or not, that's another woman. You wouldn't want to pick a fight with that if she was your wife, huh? War is on. We took such care of tomorrow, but died on the way there. Rochelle Goodrich, live today facing forward with your back on yesterday and your eyes on tomorrow in your head and heart in the moment. Steve Maraboli, tomorrow will never call to ask your opinion. You don't control it. Stop allowing today's possibilities to be robbed by tomorrow's insecurities. John Herbert, don't lose today by worrying about tomorrow. And one more, W. Oscar Thompson. Now, he must be important because they gave his first name as a W, right? Okay? But I like this one. It says, most of our lives are crucified between two thieves, yesterday and tomorrow. We never live today, but the time to live is now. The time is today. It has been said, living in your past ruins your today and robs you of your tomorrow. It is also true 
that anxiety about tomorrow robs you of the blessings of today. The fear of the future will cause you to react wrongly and allow sin to come into your life today. We won't turn there for the sake of time, but there's an Old Testament example. You, After Lot had been called out of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the only three who made it out were Lot and his two youngest daughters. And they ran into the mountains, stayed in a cave. That's the way the story goes. You look at it. It's in the Genesis chapter 19. And I'm looking basically around verse 30 through 38 because after they were there and they got worried and the two young girls, they were probably teenagers, didn't think they'd ever have a chance because they'd watched two cities destroyed by God. Saw back and could realize what had taken place. And they were full of anxiety. And so they decided to introduce alcohol. They got their father drunk. And anxiety caused alcohol to come in. And then they both laid with their father, one one day and one another. And then Ammon and Moab, two races of people that persecuted Israel, came out of that. See, they were so worried that they'd never be able to go forward, never to be able to see their, his father, their father's family continue. They made a choice. Many times I hear people say, oh, I don't know if it's the right choice or not, but you've got to do something. Many times that will lead to sin. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. A second example shows the story with Pharaoh and Moses, and you have Pharaoh's reactions to God's judgment. And Pharaoh is a picture of somebody, even though he had seen the cost of not getting things right with God and listening to God's will for him and for the children of Israel, he wanted to stay in his condition. You ever see somebody and their life is a train wreck? And they say, well, I'll, I'll stop that and I'll change everything tomorrow. Well, basically, in Exodus chapter 8, verses 5 through 15, you find one of the plagues coming on Israel and Moses, by the power of God, is telling Pharaoh that I'm going to send frogs into your land, into your homes, and they're going to get in everywhere in your house. And they had a scourge, a plague of frogs. And he says, and it, they're having the frogs. And it, they're going through that. And Moses comes to Pharaoh and says, when do you want this to be relieved? Because to have it be relieved, Pharaoh would have to agree on letting them go. And in a miserable time, with these frogs tormenting man and woman children i'm not just talking a little toad gets into your house i'm talking they were all over so much that you couldn't walk without stepping anywhere with them being there you know what pharaoh's response was tomorrow tomorrow i'll change it tomorrow there's a famous message that came out of that by a an evangelist named Hugh Pyle, and it's called One More Night with the Frogs. See, failure to heed God's word today heaps great judgment on tomorrow. 
in one phrase that got said over and over and over again in the text here. It's in Exodus 8, verses 15 and 32. Exodus 9, verses 7 and 34. I think it was in Exodus chapter 10. It says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. You know that saying that says there's no fool like an old fool? You know why? Because that's a stubborn person. Continuing in something that always seems to cost them. Pharaoh hardened his heart. You know, people live n- who live not thinking that things will change. They think it's always going to continue on. You know what they end up doing? They become very self-oriented very concerned about themselves first. It's always going to be this way, so I'm going to take care of me. You know, they have public service announcements saying, you can't love anyone else if you don't know how to love yourself. They're putting self first. Well, that makes tomorrow, when self is first, very lonely. Very lonely. Turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 56, Isaiah 56, verse 9 says, All ye beasts of the field come to devour, yea, all ye beasts of the forest. His watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, they are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Every one for his gain from his quarter. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. In James chapter, chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, endoeth it not. To him it is sin. And the, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. So in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, it says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you don't even know if you have this afternoon, let alone tomorrow. What about tomorrow? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in the time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The greatest question about tomorrow any person can ever ask themselves is what will I do with Jesus 
What will they do with Jesus? If you're here this morning and you're trusting in yourself, in your own good works, in a church or a religion, and not on the mercy, the grace, and the love of a Heavenly Father and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for the penalty to pay for your sins, the Bible says you're lost and undone without hope today and without God in this world. I asked you this morning to think very carefully about tomorrow. Because there's only two final places. There's heaven with God and the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son. And there's hell with all those who try to do it their own way. What about your tomorrow? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? What will you do with Jesus? For the believer, those who know Christ, how are you to face the future? Brother Larry Connolly is being licensed this morning. Just one more step in his preparation to fulfill what God is calling on him to do with his life for him. How will you face your future? Facing the future must be based for the believer on God's eternal promises. They are to be our guiding principles. In Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Old Testament, it says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. This was a promise he was giving to the children of Israel as they were to come into the promised land. He said, It is... He that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And before Jesus ascended up into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for those who trust in him, because that's where he is, at the right hand of the throne, the last part of what is commonly called in the New Testament in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, which is commonly called the Great Commission, it says, it ends with, in lo, this is Jesus' promise, in lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So how will you face the future, believer? I'm going to give you four things. Four things. You think only four, then we can get out of here sooner. You already know, preachers, it could be four things with ten subpoints per thing. The first thing I want you to know, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you can face your future with confidence. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. That's the words of the Apostle Paul dealing with this with confidence in the the epistle of Paul to the church at Philippi in the first chapter, the sixth verse, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Are you here and still breathing? You're a work in progress. 
You are not what you used to be if you've trusted Christ as your Savior because the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are, present tense, become, the process of it, are become new. You always look at that, you know, when someone, they tell somebody, they tell a family member, they tell someone else that they've trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they go, oh yeah? You don't seem any different than you were before. You still lose your temper. You still do this, you still do that. Well, do you want everyone, if you're here and you're an adult, to hold you accountable for how you were when you were a, a baby? When a person gets saved spiritually, they're a baby. You want them to hold you accountable for the actions of your foolishness in your teenage years? Not me. Not me. I said before, I could have gotten expelled from school. We had a teacher we didn't like, and we put contact explosive on the bottom of the four coasters of her chair. Waited for it to dry, got her to move, and the chair blew up underneath her. Scared her half to death, she ran out of the room crying. Would I recommend doing that today? No. You know what the funny thing about it was? It was the, the chemistry teacher who taught us how to do it. She was in on the plan. <laughs> We're to face tomorrow with confidence. Being confident of this very thing, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it on the day of Jesus Christ. See, there's you either you're either a, a child of God in Jesus Christ. Or in Jesus' own words, you're a child of the devil. You don't even think that. You don't realize that. You don't understand that. But those, if you read the Gospels, that's what he says. Not my words. I don't condemn anybody. Because I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But in Christ Jesus, I'm a new creature. You know, today's world is filled with, and I think it was kind of referred to in different ways and different things that Brother... Mike was doing the Sunday school hour. The world's filled with turmoil and trouble. And there's many things going on that you say, how could that take place? And you don't even understand the spiritual warfare that's going on around us. It's filled with turmoil and trouble, and many face the future with frustration and doubt. You get frustrated, you're going to get angry. You have doubt, you're always going to hesitate. Even when that thing that God wants to put before you is offered. See, but as believers, we can place our confidence in God and depend upon Him. Go to Psalm 37. Psalms 37. With all that's going on around us, you know, our state is one of the most so-called progressive, liberal messes in this country. We have leadership that calls evil good and good evil in this state. And I don't apologize for saying that. I'm not going to get in a fight with somebody. Anybody wants to talk to me, if they have the opposite view, let's talk about what God says is good 
and what's going on here. But if you live your life worrying about everything that everybody else is doing, you will lose that which God's called you to do, believer. Psalm 37 verse 1 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they soon, they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shall be fed. Thou shall be fed. See, Jesus is never wrong and never fails. The people of this church family hear me say all the time, God is always good and God is always right. We may not always understand, but it doesn't change who He is. I can't see the future. He sees it all. That's why Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. My past, my present, and my future is all right now to Him. I just need to trust in Him and do good according to what he says. So you can face it with confidence. With confidence. Secondly, you can face the future with commitment. Psalm 37 and verse 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. In Proverbs 16, verse 3, I won't quote verses 1 and 2, sake of time. But verse 3 says, Commit thy works, what you do, what I do. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. When I'm doing it God's way, I can have peace that God's got it. I grew up in a home. I had a father who got medals. I still have his medals. from. He was awarded during World War II. Purple Heart, Bronze Star, a couple of others. He was in the Marines. When my father told you to do something, you asked how you want it done. He'd tell you, and that's what you did. You didn't say, yeah, but I think. My father knew what he wanted. I didn't have to know. I only had to know that he had control of my next hour, my next day. You know, we live in a day and age where kids always ask you why and you think, you, oh, you've got to help them understand and they're not even ready to understand. That's why when you explain to them when they ask you why and then they look at you and they ask you why about what you just explained to them, they don't understand. You know, so much of our life, we just don't understand. Amen? Do you think you've got a handle on tomorrow? Many hospitals full of people who thought they had a handle on tomorrow. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. See, many try to cope with life's changes and their challenges in their own strength. That was me. Six, seven, 295 pounds. If it needed to be moved, I could move it. 
I was a power lifter. If you needed to argue about it, I'm not a dummy. I have a higher IQ than 98% of the population in the United States. Tested. It had to be tested. When the concussions I got started causing me not to be able to function properly. And I said, I just can't. See, I thought I could do it. I could do it in my own strength. I could do it in my own willpower. You come at me with words, I would cut you with words. And then God started dealing with me. I got saved and he put me in the ministry. And I had to learn. You can't do it in your own power. It won't be what God wants. See, because if you can do it in your own strength, then you, can, you glory in who? You know that in his weakness, Samson killed more of the enemy in the end of his life in weakness than he ever did when it was all about him and his glory. Try to do it in their own strength. See, human power is finite. Now, it's, you know, I live in a situation, again, people, uh, you know, I, you're visiting here. I don't claim to be anything special other than that if you want to get in a comparison of scars, I've had 27 major surgeries. But I asked God to help me minister to hurting people. And I, he said to me, you'll have that request. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. You can't do it in your own strength, and I can never do it in mine. Brother Larry, <laughs> I can remember when he got saved. I can remember when God started dealing with him. Started asking things of him. I remember the attitude was, I, 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 a preacher, I'm not so sure about this. And basically it's, you keep doing today what God's called you to do. He's going to take care of you tomorrow. See, we must surrender, with commitment, we must surrender our wills to God and to be yielded to His will. He gives the power to keep the commitment to Him. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the Apostle Paul himself, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, a familiar passage to many people here, a passage to many people here in the church. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, God used the Apostle Paul to give us over one half of the New Testament. You ever realize that? 27 books? 14 of them? And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, 
See, it seems like a physical thing, but who was it? A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, the believer, you're to face the future with confidence. You're to face the future with commitment to your Savior, to your Lord today. And He'll take care of you tomorrow. Thirdly, you're to face the future with cheerfulness. Back in Psalm 37, verse 4. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight thyself in the Lord. To be delighted in something is that type of thing. When you think about it, when you see it, it brings a smile to your face. It brings a comfort to your heart. It can take away the woes and give you the amens. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We're to do it with cheerfulness, because so many Christians are Eeyores. They're Eeyores. I, you know, Winnie the Pooh. Pooh's not my favorite character. Not wise old owl. Not the rabbit. It's Eeyore. Right? Well, I don't know. I thought it was going to turn out this way, but nothing ever goes right for me. You know. It's just so hard. You know, if you get up, you know, if you get up, you're going to face a new day. I don't know what we should do. I just think we should just sit and whine. Hmm? You say, you think believers are that way? <laughs> Catch me on a bad day. We think negatively. To that, we need to put in our minds, like it says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do it. We must start thinking positively, looking for good and looking for God around us. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I have some of these verses under glass on my desk as I counsel and I deal and I work with people because I must always think about this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity, and charity is God's love flowing through the believer to those they minister to. 
Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Not about me. He is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. He is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. I can face my tomorrow with this being one of my guiding principles, knowing that God's got control of my tomorrow. In our opening text, didn't it say at the end of there of the passage in Matthew, sufficient for the day is the evil thereof? Take no thought for tomorrow. That doesn't mean you don't plan to take care of things. I can give you other scripture verses to show you need to do certain things. But you can't get so tied up in your future that you don't live today right. And you can't spend your whole life looking at your past, your past failures, your past hurts, that you can't live today right. So if you're going to live today right, you need to start trying to have a cheerful heart in it. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 says this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. What does that mean? Always. Always. And again, I say rejoice. I don't have to let... And I have to look at these verses and remember them. I live in, with pain quite a bit. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. My wife knows I'm anticipating this fall. I really am. Selfishly, I'm anticipating getting into the tree stand, drawing back my bow, and getting some hearty venison. I'm teaching two grandsons. One over FaceTime and one in my house how to use their bow properly and what's needed. Man, they don't get better than that. See, because you know what happens? I'm one of these people, my wife says, when I get full of the cares of this world, I get full of the cares of other people as I try to counsel with them and help them. Because I want you to know when I do that, I give some of myself to you. And I take you into my heart. And you're there. And sometimes, in my strength, that just eats it up. But God's strength provides the power to do what's needed. See, we'll get, I'll get to hunting season, you know, I, October 1st, people. Beginning of bow season. October, November 5th, use a crossbow. By that time, okay, in a normal season, I've got one or two deer. Last year, I, I fell. I got hurt multiple times. Quit laughing, Pastor Kenny. He preached a lot more because of my hunting season. Someone else had to kill a deer for me. You say, what does that have to do with anything? Judy will look at me when I get to a certain point. People do certain things to relax. There's nothing wrong with that. She'll look at me and say, you need to go out in the woods and kill something. If that offends you, I'm sorry. I don't kill anything I don't eat. I don't shoot squirrels because their meat is tough. 
Now rabbits? Geese? Duck? No, okay. But she's, you got to go kill something. Get rid of this anger built up in you. This frustration. And I go, you're right. Okay. I love that. See, you know, God knew I was going to need a wife who wasn't going to make me pay for every time I wanted to go into the woods. He still, I can, you, if I can walk and chew gum, I can go hunting. You say, why is that important? Because it helps me rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So you need to face tomorrow with cheerfulness. And I'm at the last point. Is that amazing? I think I should wax more eloquent so it gets up more closer to 5 of 12 so I have to rush. No. <laughs> Larry's visitor is saying, are you kidding me? <laughs> Enough's enough. <laughs> the fourth point, the last thing you need to face the future with is courage to face the future. The epistle of Paul to the church at Philippi. Paul, speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this to that church, to that group of people. He says, And according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ may be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Like the Apostle Paul, we are to face life with courage. See, you can cope with any adversity through the power of Christ in a believer's life. See, with courage, we are able to fulfill that which God calls us to. Turn to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41. It's our last reference. Isaiah 41. Look at verse 10. It's the promise the prophet Isaiah gave to God's people. It's God speaking here. And he says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. We're to face tomorrow with courage. Please stand. As the Bible-believing Baptist church, as the pastors of this church, I don't care what service it is, what it's for, 
who it's to recognize or whatever it might be, but every service has a presentation of salvation in it. If you're here this morning, it's not by accident God had a reason for you being here. And I want to ask you one simple question. What have you done with Jesus? I didn't ask you if you were a Baptist. I didn't ask you if you were Catholic. I didn't ask you if you were a Muslim, a Presbyterian, a Protestant, a Methodist, a Lutheran. I asked you, what have you done with Jesus? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Your tomorrow, your eternity, hangs on that question. If you're not sure you will die today, that heaven be your home, you can know today. If you're willing to come forward, we'll have a man go with men and boys and a woman go with ladies and girls and show you from the Word of God what it means to be saved, to know that your sins are forgiven, that heaven is your home for all eternity. You can know. The Bible says these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You've got to have Jesus as your Savior. Are you saved today? If not, then you're going to be fearing your death. Not knowing that eternal life is on the other side of it. And it won't be for those who are without Christ. Believer, will you face your tomorrow with confidence? Who's your confidence in? Will you face your tomorrow with commitment? Will you face your tomorrow with cheerfulness? Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? With cheerfulness. And will you face it with courage? People have come to the altar and they've left. If God's speaking to your heart, don't let your fear rob you of obeying your Lord and Savior today. You come and lay whatever it is that's trying to rob you of God's blessing in your tomorrow. You can face your tomorrow with courage, knowing He'll never leave thee nor forsake thee because He loves you with an everlasting love. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word and pray you'd use this message to speak to every heart here. You spoke to mine in preparing it. I pray your Holy Spirit would burn it into the hearts of each of us that we might face our tomorrows with confidence, commitment, cheerfulness, and courage. That we might fulfill that which you saved us for. And that is your honor and your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.